Well, we, we got to start right here. The Holy Spirit doesn't come through an organization. No, oh, you have no idea how much religion we just stepped on right there. I need to let you know something. There is no one person and there is no one entity in this world built of men that it has a chokehold on the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of people that would like to take the Holy Spirit and put their trademark on the Holy Spirit to try to let you know that we're the ones that we know best about the Holy Spirit. And that is not true. The Holy Spirit was before us and he will be after us. He is his own person. He is a fully functioning, fully empowered, fully strong, fully wise member of the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He lives and moves and has his being in us and through us. He is not dependent on us. He will do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. And so you and I would make a mistake by posturing ourselves in a place of pride saying, I know all there is to know and no man can come to the Holy Spirit except by me. That's prideful and that is wrong. <laughs> now, we know him through relationship. The same way that you know Jesus is the same way that you know the Holy Spirit. The people in this room, they saw Jesus with their eyes. And they touched him with their hands. They heard his audible voice with their natural ears. But catch something. How he came to be their Lord and their God was not because they saw him in the flesh. It was because the Spirit revealed to them the truth that that's not just a man that I see and I adore. That is God in the flesh. Here's how we know this. Jesus is walking along one day with his disciples and he says, Who do men say that I am? And they said, Well, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're this or that. But then Peter, God bless Peter, he speaks up and he says, You're the Messiah. You're the chosen one. You are God's son. And what does Jesus say? Jesus, you can see Jesus walking, and he finally hears the thing that he needs to hear, and he stops. And he turns and says, I'm going to paraphrase in country boy for you, but he says, well done. You didn't figure this out on your own. It was the Holy Spirit who told you this. Let me let you in on a secret. The way that you come to faith, the way that you come to choose and believe in Jesus Christ is not because you figured it out. It's because the Holy Spirit revealed it to your heart. I didn't get much help over there. Let me try over here. If you want to know the Lord, to serve the Lord, to believe the Lord, and to commit your life to the Lord, you get there with the help of the Holy Spirit. I need to let you in on this other small secret. There's a difference between the Holy Spirit being with you and being in you. This goes all the way to Genesis. The Spirit of the Lord hovered over the face of the deep. The world was without form and void, and the Holy Spirit was wrapped around it like a womb. We'll save that for another day. He's hovering. He's with creation, but the Holy Spirit don't live in a tree. He doesn't live in a rock. He doesn't live in a deer, and I don't know about what kind of dog you have, but he definitely don't live in your dog. He can be with creation, but he's not in it. 
He hovers over it. He can be walking along with Peter that day, and the Holy Spirit has been trying to lead and teach Peter. He's saying, Peter, Peter, that's the Son of God. That's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He can be with you, but not in you. Because the Holy Spirit was with the disciples from the very beginning. He was with John the Baptist from the very beginning. But John the Baptist faltered. And he had to send word. Jesus, are you really the one? Peter, the Holy Spirit speaking to Peter. Telling him what? Jesus is the Son of God. He even speaks out and says, yes, Jesus, you're the Son of God. And he says, that's the Holy Spirit told you that. Well done. But when it came time to stand with Christ, Peter faltered and he failed. Because Jesus said, before the cock crows three times this morning, you'll deny me. There's a difference between the Holy Spirit being with you and being in you. See, the Holy Spirit was with you in the bar room. He's with you in the bedroom. He's with you in the courtroom. <laughs> he, he's with you in the jail cell. He's with you in your car riding around after dark doing what you ought not be doing. He was with you saying what? Don't do this. Don't do this. And, you know, sometimes you numb the pain and you numb the voice and you run from it. And, you know, Granny's trying to get you to the church and you thought that was just Granny nagging on you to come to church. That was the Holy Spirit using Granny to say, you need to get your hind in to the house of God and quit living like a fool. He can be with you but not in you. And so you and I both know that we struggle sometimes even when he's with us. And we see through Peter that he struggled when, even when the Holy Spirit was with him. Even when Jesus was alive in the flesh, he struggled. But when he got filled with the Holy Spirit, we're getting a whole new version of Peter. I think the reason that sometimes we struggle in church is because we have Jesus with us. We have Jesus around us. We have the Holy Spirit around us. He's with us. We're just not letting them live in us and live through us. Ah, somebody needs to hear what I'm saying to you this morning. When you really want to be used by God and you really want to live a life of destiny and purpose and fruitfulness, you must have more than the Holy Spirit around you. you got to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. And we receive Him just the same way that we receive Jesus, relationally, by faith. More about that in just a moment. So these guys, they spill out of the upper room, and they're speaking in tongues. And so what does that mean? And so for us, we know most of us are familiar with the story that they were praying and speaking in other tongues. But the diverse people of Jerusalem heard what they were saying, each in their own language. And so what we see is a reversal from the Tower of Babel. At the Tower of Babel, men were given to idolatry, and they were going to make their own way to heaven. And God said, no, watch this. Boop. He knocks their little tower down, and he confuses their language. So now everybody's speaking a different language. And to, I'm going to borrow from the Apostle Paul, but if Joey and I don't speak the same language, we can't be friends. It's difficult for us to relate and understand and love one another because we don't know what each other's saying. And so what did God do? He smote the water and scattered the people of the world. But then he pours out his spirit and he gives us a unique ability to do what? To now, by language, he's drawing us together. So he's not moving through cursing and destruction. He's moving through blessing and through life. 
But then we see something interesting in Acts chapter 19. So we're going to fast forward to the Apostle Paul as he's going uh, to Ephesus and Corinth. And so we're going to pick up in Acts 19. And it happened, verse 1, while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. So Paul arrives in the city of Ephesus. He's establishing and building churches. And I need to let you know something, that it's just a few turns of the page that we go from chapter 2 to chapter 19. But in reality, there were years have passed between the day of Pentecost and Paul arriving in Ephesus. Years have passed. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So Paul arrives in Ephesus. There are people who they have clearly been taught the gospel of Jesus Christ. But notice Paul goes out of his way to emphasize this. It's good that you believe in Jesus. But have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? So he says there's more that you need if you're going to live out your faith. And so they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And so these men in Ephesus are saying, Paul, we don't know what you're talking about. Who is this Holy Spirit? And so he said to them, we, uh, excuse me, and he said to them, into what were you baptized? And they said, we were baptized into John's baptism or John the Baptist's baptism that says what? Paul tells us right here. <clears throat> John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So let's pause. Paul is letting them know, it's good and it's okay that you were baptized to repentance like what John the Baptist was doing. But what you need now, because Jesus has come and finished the work, you need a full dose. You need a full and proper baptism into the Lord Jesus. And they do it. And then this is what happens. They heard this. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men in total were about 12. So there were about 12 believers there together. And so when the Holy Spirit comes, what were two things that these men who, they didn't know about the Holy Spirit, but immediately what started to happen? They started speaking in other tongues, they started praying in tongues, and they started prophesying. What did Peter do? Speaking in tongues and quoting prophecy. Fast forward to chapter 19, years later, so what is speaking in tongues? It's not a one-off event. It's not a one-time thing. Years later, the Apostle Paul, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, is building and establishing the church. What's the first thing he does when he gets to Ephesus and meets these new believers? Have you boys been filled with the Holy Spirit? Because you're going to need that. And when they're filled with the Holy Spirit, what happens? They begin speaking in tongues and prophesying. It makes me wonder, so it's not a one-time event. It's still happening years later, so let's go ahead and kill one giant right now. Some people will say, being filled with the Holy Spirit is not required for today. 
lie. That's a lie. Speaking in tongues is not for today. Why would it be necessary for years after the day of Pentecost for people to still be filled with the Spirit and still be speaking in tongues and still be prophesying? Years later. It's because it's necessary and it is needed. It is a normal, natural sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit. 